I don't even know why I put that music on right there, but it just made me feel like it was, and it was really not that inspirational. It didn't really pump me up. It didn't do, I kind of feel weird. You should feel weird. Yeah. I, that's thanks. Is it the mustache? You know what? <laughs> I've had, I've had three people today ask if I just had dental work done <laughs> because my cheeks look so swollen because I shaved. <laughs> I was thinking it was going to be like Tom Selleck. Don't even. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Man's facial hair. The only uh, makeup he's got. Is that what they say? I don't, dust. Think, I don't think that that really applies in today's day and age, though. I think that's there's good. some guys that are. You know, they fly your own flag, bro. We don't judge around here. Mm-mm. You guys are the most. Ju- you're the most judgmental people that I know. <laughs> So, so we're doing our farm update before this episode and uh whoa. So we share a what was that? <laughs> I hope that got picked up in the microphone. I heard it. Was that a sneeze? <laughs> yeah, that was a sneeze. Good grief. You okay? We, our podcast studio sits in what we call a mall of Dell City, and so we share an office next to or we share a room next to uh parks and wildlife or something like that. And the guy parks and recreation? Yeah. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> I've never even watched this. The guy just sneezed next door and it sounded like a Yeti getting attacked by an avalanche. Mm. Oh, I thought it was Sarah. I did too. Which end did that come out of? <laughs> <laughs> you okay, Sarah? Need a hug? Okay. Call Carrie. <laughs> HR will take care of that for you. Yeah. Okay, so farm update. We are, uh, let me see here. We're what, second week? Are we third week of September? Second, second. week. Second week of September, we were going to try to bring MJ here today so that you could get a Chaffe update too, but that's not going to happen because he's cool in school and he's at our main office in El Paso today. Um, so last week I was gone. I was in Idaho um, frolicking in the wilderness, uh, watching bronc riders do bronc riding things. And if you guys have been listening to the podcast and you're like, Jay, there's so much rodeo going on, it's it's slowing down. I promise. We got We've got some really cool guests that are coming up, but... Regardless of that, you're going to have to listen to one more episode by a bunch of cool cowboys. Brandon, our GM at Del Valley, um, what's what's cracking on the farm right now since I've been removed? Well, when you left, we literally had wheels falling off. Literally. I look at my Instagram for four hours. There's a pivot laying on the ground. There's a swather with a flat. The what in Actually, the, the wheels never fell off. Well, that's right. They stayed on the pivot. Yeah, they just buckled. Just the tower collapsed. Mm-hmm. That happens. And 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 before you get into the whole update too, joined with us is my brother Chato Ross. Uh, Ross. Hi, mom. <laughs> hey, Grams. Uh, Ross handles all of our irrigation um, and among a lot of things that we probably don't have time in ten minutes to get through. But nope. he's he's joining us and he looks stoic today. Yeah, I promise I won't cuss. It's really quiet. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> <laughs> so. What happened? We, we we planted baby hay and I get the Instagram message and we've got a center pivot laying on the ground. What? How? how what? Answers? Karma, I think. For what? Fired? What was the karma for? Um, not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were running the pivots fast to try to keep just the top wet because we were germinating the alfalfa. How fast is fast? Uh, we were running, what, 70% on that? What does that mean? Yeah. Probably... Uh, 14 hour round. Yeah. Like 16 hour round. So it's a, it's a 125 acre circle and it's going all the way around in about 14 hours. So if you're trying to pay attention to what the pivot is in the center of the field is the actual pivot point. It's a large sprinkler system that just pivots around in a circle. Hence the name pivot. pivot. Mm-hmm. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. So the pivot was running around 14 hours to make a circle and then hit a hole. Yeah, hit a hole or got out of alignment and pulled the tower over. And I mean, it pulled it straight down. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. But we didn't break any hoses or any underslinging. It's up today, right? It's It's running. Watering, walking. Yeah. Didn't take them long to put it back up. Once it dried out enough, we get in there. Right. Baby alfalfa is just fine. So we, we were pretty nervous on planting baby alfalfa right now because we've had a huge army worm outbreak out on the farm. And and those little devils will just clear acreage. I mean, hours equal acres that those things can go across. And uh, and so Brendan's having some preventative spray as well as working with some uh, volunteer oats. 
Yep. Yeah. So we're making sure the baby hay is, we got lots of oats coming. So we're spraying them out. Then we'll do a preventative spray on the first seed at stuff. The army outbreak is kind of under control now. The army outbreak. Mm-hmm. Army mm-hmm. worm. Yeah. Hopefully. Gusanos. For now. Yeah. Um, plane was running hard, keeping, it's just not us, it was the neighbors and everyone. So we try to stay in front of it. And I think we have as of now. Yeah. Hay looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a couple of fields we got pretty damaged. And Chata, you've been working on the new 506 project a little bit. That's what we're, we're adding um, roughly, what, 800 acres? I believe so. I don't know what the acreage are. The, the I, pivots are different sizes. So yeah, plus or minus. minus, plus or minus 800 acres. And that's a farm that hasn't been farmed in a long time. And Ross has been in charge of resurrecting some pivots and getting wells reestablished and engines put on and all that. And I think as of today, everything has put water out. Uh, yes. The one I put on today got shut off fairly quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least it's had water through it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it It needs some TLC, Mm. but it's a TNL, right? It is. So So we just need a C. Just need a C. (laughs) And that does not stand for catastrophe. No, no, no. Okay. So so on the farm side, we got, uh, we started defoliating cotton today. We got peppers. We're going to start defoliating end of the week. We'll probably start harvesting cotton here in about 10 days and peppers by the first week of October. Defoliation. Defoliation. I repeat defoliation. That is the process in which we are dropping the leaves off of the plant. Um, At the same time, we are putting a package on that is going to allow the cotton bowls to pop um, because right now they're all full. But at the same time, we want the crop to mature as evenly as possible, allowing us to get into the field at the proper time to pick that. So we don't have exposed cotton to the elements for too long. Correct. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like an ag encyclopedia. <laughs> so smart. Uh, I watch a lot of YouTube. Nice. Yeah. So with that, what are the concerns with defoliating cotton right now? Rain. Mainly. And so we have a plan of how we're defoliating the farm. We've got not just shy of 2,000 acres of cotton that we've got to pick and defoliate. That's correct. And so we're just, oh, no, go ahead. Please. We're just defoliating each day as much as we can pick a day. And so that way we don't have too much defoliated that we can't keep up. So it's just a stair step process, watching the weather and then knowing what the cotton pickers are able to get across behind the defoliation. Correct. Defoliation. I don't know why I'm enjoying saying that so much, but I think it's because it has so many syllables. Mm, that's a good call. See, Ross, he comes up with this, the smart bits. You would never see it, but like syllables, I would have never thought of that. Well, it's because you went to school in Canada. Mm, that's a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> Me not know English. And I went to Southern New Mexico. Not much better. No. Oh, <laughs> let's talk about the New Mexico education <laughs> process. We've got a niece that's a teacher. Poor thing. Uh, it's it's a wreck over there. Um, Chato, we're getting ready to start salting the chili and we're salting the chili right by your house. Mm-hmm. Scale of one to 10, how excited are you to finally get that field finished? I am ready for cotton there for sure. Hopefully yeah. we're going to plant cotton there. Yeah. Yeah. The deer are not going to like it. Right. They're going to be sad. There is so many. One thing that is really interesting is the amount of coyotes that like to eat chili peppers. Mm-hmm. There is little chili pepper landmines on the west side of that farm. I mean, mooches. All over the place. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot Who of doesn't like chili? I don't know. We'll have a whole bunch of volunteer chili on that road next year. <laughs> <laughs> What else is cracking? How's how's the grape stuff going? I think uh, one more night tonight. Yeah, I think he's done tonight. Oof. Maybe and then pruning. Maybe. How do you say that, Ross? Pruning. <laughs> so we'll have our management meetings and we'll ask Ross. So Ross, what's going on in your world? Pruning, because that's what the Frenchman says every single day from November 1st until May 1st mm. or March 1st. It's nothing but what's going on. Mm, pruning. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, irrigation side, how's how have things been holding up on that? Pretty good. We've had a couple of motor losses and situations going on there. But for the most part, we're shutting water off, really watching new hay and trying to push the water down on the old hay. Apparently, there's a party going on next door. I don't I know. even know what's I'm going on. I'm out of here. Yeah, it's too many people. Mm-hmm. Um, so walk briefly, walk us through how do we get water onto uh, a pivot or into drip or into flood? Like what, what's the process? Because most people that listen to this, if they're in agriculture, they probably don't have to irrigate. So all of our irrigation is done 
through uh, either electric motors driving downhole pumps or natural gas motors driving downhole pumps. So with a natural gas motor, what kind of horsepower requirements do we have to have on the farm to be able to pull that water? The biggest horsepower, uh, direct horsepower we have is 325 horse, and then it goes down to 120 horse. So with with the horsepower requirements, it's a lot of stress on those motors. And we it seems like every other week we're having to do some kind of round robin when it comes to motors. How many motors do you have in the shop tore down right now? There are... Two being rebuilt outside from an outside vendor. And then we have uh, five tore down, torn down. Tore down. That's that's Oklahoma. So, yeah. So so seven right now being rebuilt. So instead of pruning this winter, you're going to be twerking. Hunting. Oh, that's not what I was going after on that one. Uh, Wrenching. Oh, sorry. What's the the standard um, depth of our pumps? Oh, I would say our average would be about 220. But we go down, I believe the deepest well is 660, somewhere in there. And then we've got water, you know, water depth of 30 feet in New Mexico. All all the way to 300 feet Mm -hmm. on the top end on the west side of the farm. So that's pretty wild, too. Anything upcoming? I mean, we're going to be picking chili. We're going to be working grapes for the end of the year. We've still got plenty to chop on the Chaffee side. Um, for our quota with what we did with our salespeople, um, we set a very lofty goal this year and we did all of the renovations on the plant right in the middle of the ideal time. To yeah. The, the most ideal time <laughs> to go ahead and Perfect stop timing. production for like how many, how many days we were down for 32 days. Yeah. Not ideal. So MJ's, uh, as of yesterday, he was like 3000 pallets behind. Um, but it looks like he's gaining, he's gaining ground like rapidly. Yeah. So now that they've got the plant up and running the the right way, it looks like we should be able to hit that quota before our first freeze. So he's got a lot of stress on his plate. Yeah. That's probably why he's not here today. Cause he's trying to make sure that he's got all of his <laughs> T's crossed and his eyes dotted. Yeah. Don't you have to say that? Does it make sense if you say that the other way? Eyes dotted and T's crossed. Sure. What does not really matter? Dot your T's and cross your eyes. Um, I would suggest both. Hmm. It's bisexual. But you know, if you <laughs> cross be. your I's and dot your T's, does that work? Sure. In Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so what else we got? We, we got chaffe. We still got hay to bale. Lots yeah. of it. We still got lots of hay to cut and bale. And then we're starting. And we got to get back on the small bale rotation. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to start planting winter wheat. Yeah. And, uh, and some of the winter wheat will be cut and bale. Some of the winter wheat is for cover crop purposes only. Yep. Uh, plus, we're having to work that 800 acres that Ross has got water to now. Um, so there's just a bunch of busy things going on. Weather is really strange right now. Uh, it went from 100 degrees and it has not really gotten over 88 since then. It's been beautiful. Uh, we had a really rough hailstorm, hit some cotton and some chili peppers on the Texas side. We're hoping insurance adjuster will be out here uh, this week uh, to take a look at that. But I'm going to say that we lost probably close to 40% of the chili peppers. Yeah, I'd say 40, 50%. Yeah. Pretty easy. So it was a pretty, pretty ugly deal. And, uh, and so it's always hard to get a hailstorm this time of year because we have all of our crop inputs into it. And what it costs us to grow chili peppers is ridiculously expensive. Um, so it's kind of sad to see that happen. But at the same time, that's why you do insurance. Yep. So anything else? We got cows coming in a month. Some. Some. Yeah. Gotta make sure we got all our I's dotted and T's crossed <laughs> there. Or at least our gates welded on so the yeah, cows sure. don't just leave out. And some waterers. One one morning we had all the cows in the pen and I walked out and uh, I ran over to go check on the cows and there wasn't a single cow left in the pen. It was a foggy morning and we couldn't, <laughs> couldn't find the dang cows. So we ended up using the drone to go find the cows. They were all over in a wheat field just chilling out. They'll come back and they know where the water is. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, from the uh, cosmic show over here in Dell City, Texas. You guys have anything else to say? I love you, Mom. Grammy, Ross loves you. And with that, I hope you guys enjoy this next episode of Out Here in the Middle. Uh, we've got just, we've got three amazing cowboys, uh, world champion cowboy, as well as two that are inspiring to be world champions. Um, we're doing this from the Bitterroot Valley, sitting on the porch of uh, Sid Steiner's Uh, cabin. It was absolutely breathtaking. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to Out Here in the Middle. We'll see you again next time.
You're rolling, you're happy? Rolling. Hey! All right, this is a special episode. I can't even talk. This is a high altitude. What is the altitude up here, Sid? You know, I think it's like 3,500, and it's kind of a mid-altitude. It's actually, we're higher in Texas than we are right here. I was thinking that we were at like 8,000 feet, at least the way I'm sweating, huffing, but that's just because I'm out of shape, I think. No, it's it's got a little altitude to it. The, The thing about the podcast, and this is, we were just chatting right before we went ahead and hit the red button, was it's not every day you get to sit on Sid's deck in Montana, and... It is, uh, it is without a doubt, one of the nicest places I think I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the grass was perfectly manicured. The pond is crystal calm and clear. And then somebody just rode their side-by-side right in your grass. And how does that make you feel? You know, I don't I don't like it. I'm kind of a grass Nazi. I don't like people driving on my yard. Oh. I don't so, want to name I mean, any names, but Joey yeah. also <laughs> cut it out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, We're going to have to have a talk about this. Like, I'm going to have to go out there and rake that up. Because I like my grass all facing one direction, and he went against the grain. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's just not going to work out. The if, dark line, the you, light line. If you can't get the the, the gist of kind of where we've been with the podcast, we're hanging out with with a bunch of well, legends. Uh, not only that, but we're we're still we're in the middle of the twilight zone in, in the rodeo world. Mason keeps following us back, so Mason Clements, your co-host in this thing right now. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Yeah, good to have you here and meet all my buds. Yeah, that's good. We got uh, Tilden. I mean, Tilden, you're the man of many things, but the most beautiful hair in rodeo right now. Hey, I appreciate that. That yeah. means a lot. I, uh, I put a lot of time and effort into this. So to get a compliment like that. Are you it, sponsored it, it by Vidal Sassoon? Uh, not yet. I actually just use Power Pro CBD in it. Oh, yes. <laughs> Tilden, who's the oil? <laughs> From Fort Worth, Texas currently. Am I right? That's right. And then the one and only, the man, the myth. He's not a myth because he's here and we're on his deck. (laughs) We're here with Sid Steiner. I mean, we're going to get shirts made for this. I don't know who's going to wear them. I don't know what they're going to say, but it needs to say something about my deck. Yeah. (laughs) We're actually sitting in uh, some really iconic uh, lounge seating around out here in the middle podcast. Sid, you want to explain to us what, what we're sitting around here? Well, I really don't even have any outdoor furniture, um, but Yellowstone's going to do some scenes out here at the house, and I guess they felt like I needed some outdoor furniture, so they brought me this stuff. And I, I actually thought for as high a production as Yellowstone is, I would have got some better outdoor furniture, but this stuff's pretty junky. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm not going to lie. It's been coming apart. We're trying to move it. Am I right? Well, Johnny broke it, and I was just waiting for that bill to come sliding across the deck here in a minute. <laughs> We've got your email address. We're going to send All you kinds of things are hey. sliding across the deck right now. So I mean, receipts. When you have friends in low places, right? Yeah, low but, end, but apparently this is lower. I did, I did not think that, that we were going to be higher in Dell City, Texas, than we are in the Bitterroot Valley, Montana. I feel kind of cowboy when I say that. Bitterroot Valley, Montana. yeah, it just makes you feel tougher. Okay, moving on. Said your life is just one of those. Well, you, I mean, you got you got a book that'll that'll fill us in, so people can go can go read about you. But you know, the first time I met you, I had no idea who you were. And I, I shook your hand, whatever. And they're like, yeah, that's Sid Steiner. I'm like, cool, man. This place is awesome. We got out on the road and I Googled Sid Steiner and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> that's Sid Steiner. And I remember seeing you when I was in in high school. And uh, I just remember thinking back and I was like, that guy's an animal. He's a wild animal. And uh, you won the world as a bulldogger, steer wrestler in 2002. And you retired. Did you retire that same year you won it? I did. I went to a couple of rodeos the next winter and just kind of knew that it, it was time to, uh, you know, when when you live two hours from the rodeo at San Antonio and you, you dread going, you know, it's, you're, you're, you know, when I was, hey, when I, when, when that happened for me, I was happy with the way it ended and that's, that's why I wanted it to end. So it was a good time to walk away. I, I And the, the thing that's remarkable about it is I kind of put the cherry on top of the cake before we even started talking about it. But your family's legacy in rodeo is deep. I mean, is it? Are you fourth generation, fifth generation? Be fourth generation. Fourth generation. So your great grandfather started, and it was on the rough stock ride. That's correct. So, yeah, it was a stock contractor, and so was my granddad. And then uh, my dad rode bulls and was the nineteen seventy three world champion. And then he got into stock contracting, and uh, then I then I came along. And, and, and your poise just meeting you and talking to you. I mean, you're just, you're one of the guys, but at the same time, the, the thing that's so cool is it's just like you can, by meeting your son, by meeting you got to meet your father, you guys, it's a breed of, 
champions. You go out there and, and look at bucking horses and they're, you know, just when they came running up, when you were gathering those horses, they're awesome. Me and Johnny have been talking. We're like, we need some bucking horses. I don't want to get on one, but just to look at the things are, they're amazing. And so we're sitting there looking at all this and then, and to see the way that you compose yourself and the way that you live your life. It's just one of those deals that, yeah, you excrete world champion. Like that's kind of who Sid Steiner is, is you got a son that's coming in the ranks now. And rocker is, he's a rocker. I mean, we see him on Instagram and his, his wakeboarding and, and bronc riding. I mean, the kid is a super stud and how does that make you feel like, okay, I won the world. You, you went ahead and, and backed off the jets and now your son is rolling in and he's got, he's setting himself up to do the I mean, bigger and better things every day. He'll be pretty proud. Yeah. I mean, I'm very proud of both my kids and uh, they both uh, work really hard and, you know, with rocker, especially, you know, he's, he's come a long way pretty fast and, and it's really from all these guys that have, have helped him so much with Mason and Tilden and Casey. And, you know, when he first started riding, uh, Tom Murray had him over and has, has been a big help. So, um, he's been pretty fortunate that he's had the best in the world to, um, help him along. Tilden, what's it, I mean, you, you spend quite a bit of time with the Steiners. Uh, yeah, I've been real fortunate over the last couple of years to be, get to be pretty close friends with Sid and the rest of his family, and it's uh, it's been cool. And what's your what's your upbringing, and and how did you get into riding Broncos? Uh, I, I actually didn't grow up around rodeo; just quite the opposite of Sid. Actually, I uh, I got about fifteen years old and had watched a few movies on TV: Junior Bonner, Eight Seconds, the. PBR was getting pretty big. I uh, I had a friend that was riding bulls, another friend that rode calves, and I uh, I just decided I wanted to be a rodeo cowboy. And I, you know, I wanted to ride bulls. My mom wouldn't have anything to do with that, you know. And I had uh, I saw some pictures of my dad. He he used to ride when he was a high school college age guy and rode some barebacks and somehow talked him into that. And uh, anyway, I, I loved it. I, I love everything about being a rodeo cowboy and rodeo has given me the opportunity to get to live this life that I, I would have never got the chance to. It's been, it's been a hell of a ride. How, how long have you been pro? Uh, since I was 18. So I'm 32 now. Um, and I'm a professional bareback rider, not a mathematician. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, about 12, 13 years. Right. Is it, are you still, you still feel like you're just, you're moving. I mean, you've got, you've got another, we, we talked to, to Kelly, uh, Wardell. Yeah. Wardell. And uh, that guy was scary. I mean, just the nicest guy ever. But sitting there 57 years old, it was a yes, sir kind of conversation. Oh, no doubt. Kelly commands respect for I mean, sure. That guy that guy was bad to the bone. You you feel like you've got you're walking into those kind of footsteps where you're going to. Uh, no, I, I doubt that. But uh, I, do, I mean, I, I feel better at, at 32 than I did at 25. I I, I, I take care of myself a lot better. I, I ride a lot better. I uh, life's a lot better. I, you know, it just I, I don't know. Bear record riding gets easier the longer you do it. If you can if you can get your body to keep up and mine's keeping up for now and i'm having a lot of fun so the the circumstances that the riggin rally is under and the reason that we're up here is because of the riggin rally at, at what they what they're saying they riggin rally at yellowstone now because of the motion picture yellowstone sid how in the world did you get how did you get i mean we're, we're sitting on the yellowstone set furniture which most fangirls right now are like would you please sell me a splinter off of that thing <laughs> Well, if they hang out long enough, this stuff's falling apart. So right. it's going go on pretty quick. Uh, no, uh, you know, I've, I've gotten to be friends with Taylor Sheridan, the writer and producer of Yellowstone. Uh, anyway, he uh, he told me about when they were shooting up here and everybody's kind of quarantined on the set. And he's like, man, we're looking for some entertainment. Like he's like, and he had gone to the Reagan rally in Weatherford and loved it. And he said, man, is there any way we could do a Reagan rally for the cast and crew? And man, I said, man, I've been wanting to do another one anyway. So I called Tilden and uh, we just started putting it together. Um, a lot of great stock contractors uh, are bringing horses. The top 24 in the world is going to be sanctioned by the PRCA. Um, and really the time of year that it is, there's not a lot of big opportunities to make up some ground right now for the world standing. So I think there's a lot of implications as far as making the national finals and, you know, some stuff for the gold buckle uh, and the world championship. So uh, when you can come in and win ten, eleven thousand dollars in an event, that that's a pretty big move. So it's going to be it's going to be some good watching to see how these guys step up and handle it. How did how did the Riggin Rally come to be? I mean, well, we know we, COVID shut everything down right in the middle of Houston. So Houston's one of the largest rodeos of the year, and uh, and when the press release came out, you know, it it was like, well, what's everybody going to do now? 
And then I didn't even, we didn't even hear the first Riggin rally. And it was just a, a fluke that I even was, you know, it was awesome enough to get to meet you guys at your place. And they were putting bird on that horse and uh, watch that mountain of muscle pull a groin. And, uh, and so we saw all those Riggin rally signs and I was like, well, what the heck is a Riggin rally? So I looked it up and saw that you guys had done that. What, what is it? besides just being able to give these guys an opportunity to be able to continue to ride, I mean, what was, what was the basis? Is this, this is your baby, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it's not just my baby. I mean, it's, it's Tilden's and it's Mason's and it's, uh, it's everybody that has a rig and it shows up to get on a bareback horse. I mean, that's the fun thing about this. And I feel like too many people have given me credit or, you know, my dad, anybody too much credit. This is about a group of people. It's the rig and rally because everybody shows up with a rig and we rally together because that's what we and that's how the rig and rally came along. I mean, that's what we have fun doing. We like to have guys over to the house and we like to, you know, get on bareback horses. And so when the rodeo stuff got shut down, I called Till and I said, hey, what if we just put on a bareback ride and, and invite every, you know, the top guys in the world to come here and, and get on right here in the backyard. Um, man, I could have done it without Till. He just went to main call, said, hey. Mason's in, Casey's in, Tim's in, you know, Bigelow's in. I'm like, man, we got the world champ, three-time world champ, Will Lowe, four-time world champ, Casey Field. Like, everybody was in. Like, everybody's coming to the house to play with us. And um, the more that piled on, the more the sponsors found out about it, and they started throwing in more money. So it came together. We put it together in two weeks. It really came together like a hurricane. And uh, I think for having two weeks to put it together, it it came off really good. And and, uh, I'm ready to knock this one out, too was unbelievable in two weeks putting all that together and what these guys were able to bring was exciting so tomorrow gonna knock the socks off of everybody well i think one of the things too would you and told them would you say that it was what, what was going through your mind when they canceled houston man i was totally shocked honestly uh in the in the rodeo world things go on out in the real world i guess and uh, a lot of times it doesn't affect the rodeo world that much and you get used to kind of living in this bubble man when they canceled rodeo houston i knew we were really in the middle of something serious but even at that time if you would ask me then i would have thought you know two three weeks later we'd be back to business as usual i'd never guessed we'd be you know still dealing with with the stuff that's going on whatever but uh Oh, you, you know, can say what you think. Yeah, yeah. This is not, I mean, this is not. Well, a, we would have to do a whole other podcast if I did that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, you, you know, it, it was a, it was a shot to the guts, same as it was to everybody else. You know, we, we make a lot of our, most of our money in the wintertime at those big rodeos like that. And we were lucky to get through a couple of them and, and then it just shut down. And, and in the meantime, you know, Bobby and Sid and all of us were talking, you know, and everybody kind of got the idea of wanting to do a, a bareback riding out there and man it uh i started calling guys and i'm pretty sure i'd probably sign casey and mason up without without calling them but uh <laughs> the guys were in man I, I told them i was like hey look you know uh bobby guaranteed to have a really cool buckle and 7500 bucks and we're gonna have a good time get on some good horses and uh that, that was more information than most people wanted they didn't care they they were excited that we were having something and that it was going to be out there and everybody was getting together and the boys all showed up throwed down and when they got there we were able to tell them we were riding for you know right up forty thousand dollars so uh it was, it was fun you know it was really it, it went together fast it was a whirlwind like Sid said but uh this deal we've had a little more time and and a, a lot of people from the original rig and rally have thrown down and they've all came up here to help and that's one thing i can't stress enough is uh you know We've been the ones picking up the phone and doing a handful of things, and but there's been a lot of people that that don't ride bareback horses or don't make their living in the rodeo world. Just show up and help, man, and and just throw in and whatever you need. You know, we got a lot of guys behind the scenes that are just here helping, and and so it's exciting. It's, it was really humbling to see everybody come together like that in such a short amount of time. I think that's the thing, though, that that so many people we were talking about this a couple of days ago is the, the purity of the sport still. And the fact that it's still, it's good men, it's good women, it's people that are are willing to take their shirt off their back and go and help you out. Go and try to push your sport to the next level. And even through this this China flu, it is, it's amazing to see uh, kind of how people are coming together. We were talking about the NBA and, and the NFL and, you know, how all of this political stuff is tying itself in and, and people are doing all this different stuff. And you look at rodeo and you look at the core of people that are that are back behind rodeo. I mean, I have no, I don't know anything about uh, bareback riding at all. I mean, besides just getting to meet this guy and now meeting y'all and doing those kind of things. But you meet this culture and the class and the, and the group of people and it makes people want to be involved. It makes people a company like us, that, you know, to be able to hang out with y'all. You don't have to feed the, the horse that's bucking. 
I mean, Sid, you do. But at the same time, you know, for us just to be involved and hang out with people like that, it's it's pretty amazing. I'd like to take a couple quick seconds to thank some of our sponsors of the Out Here in the Middle podcast. And one of these sponsors is Walls Outdoors. Uh, they have been a sponsor of mine for a couple of years now, and they're based out of Fort Worth, Texas. They've been building, and I say building because it's a it's a clothing company that's been built off of the back of people that are building America. Uh, the Walls Outdoor Wears have been doing this for eight decades. So it's not their first rodeo. It's not their first day on the job. They build the grittiest. They make the grittiest, hardest, rugged workwear that anybody could ask for. Or they handle the needs that I have here at the farm as well a lot of the guys on the farm do wear the same stuff. Personally, I like the ditch diggers. Ditch diggers uh, have a smooth waistband and the 11 ounce stretch cotton duck material is absolutely amazing. I know that doesn't make sense to you but at the same time, if you got a dad bod like me and you're trying to move around a lot, you don't want that restriction around the waistband. If you have an extra donut, maybe an extra chimichanga, these are the kind of pants for you. At the same time, even though it's hot outside, these pants will let you breathe. So I want to say thank you to Walls Outdoor where if you want to go and see more along their workwear line, go to walls.com. You can order that directly to your door. They'll deliver out here in the middle of somewhere as well. Another one of our awesome sponsors is Big Frig Coolers. You know, it seems like everybody has a cooler. I mean, if you if you think about it in your garage or in the truck of your car or in the back of your pickup, we all have coolers. One thing about being a farmer and running around on the roads that we have, I can beat the living crap out of anything that you put in the back of my truck. And I've had a lot of coolers. I did not understand what it was like to have a well-made cooler until I got a Big Frig cooler. I got to meet Brock a while back. He's the owner of Big Frig. Him and his amazing team have gone through uh, trial after trial, making sure that they are putting together the best best built cooler that you can buy. The cool thing about Big Frig is you're able to customize your cooler as well. So if you're looking for a personalized logo or if you're looking for something for your company to be on top of that, so that way you're always repping your company, get with the guys at Big Frig. They can do any kind of crazy custom order. Uh, I've got my J Hill logo on mine and I absolutely love it. Went elk hunting with it, orange rubbed all over it. It still looks absolutely amazing. Go to bigfrig.com. They've got all kinds of awesome things and we support their movement as they support ours. We look forward to the future with Big Frig. And of course, one sponsor that I really can get behind, and I'm so honored to be a part of this great team, Chaffee. Chaffee is a Western-grown forage. It's an alfalfa-based product that's grown in the high desert of West Texas, actually in the shadow of the Guadalupe Mountains, which is the tallest point in the state of Texas. Chaffee is a premium feed in the fact that we take alfalfa and we let biology do what it does best. It jumps in and it breaks down that feed through the culturing process that allow probiotics and all of these microbes to allow this product to be highly digestible by your animal. If you want more information about Chaffee, you can go to Chaffee.com. You can follow us on Facebook or Instagram or just stop by your local feed store and ask them about Chaffee. If they don't know anything about it, send them our way. Have them ask questions. Tell them Jay sent you. If you're looking for the right forage for your farm, try Chaffee. What is... What does the future of the rig and rally look like? Well, I mean, I you know, we've had a lot of people call us about doing uh, rig and rallies at different places. And, and Tilden and I have talked a lot about it. I mean, we think, obviously, you know, quality over quantity. We don't want to overdo something and burn something out. Um, so as long as we can keep the product or, you know, it's it's entertaining and the prize money's there um, and, and we can keep them like that, then, you know, we'll uh, we'll see where it goes. I, I think, you know, two, three a year, maybe even a final, something like that is kind of what we're thinking right now where we'd like to go with it. And, uh, you know, it's just like Dylan said, it, it's a real testament to all these guys on the first rigging rally we put together is that, you know, they didn't really even know any of the horses they were getting on. They didn't know how much money they were getting on for. We just said we're going to have a good time and ride for a little bit of money, and everybody showed up. Everybody was out of Texas at that point. Everybody went home from Houston, guys from Oregon, Washington, California. Yeah, a lot of guys traveled. Everybody came right back to, to Texas, right back to Texas to put all this together. Yeah, and that just speaks for the kind of guys they are. You know, they they trust each other, and 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 every though they compete against each other, nobody pulls against each other. You know, you obviously want good things for yourself, but really all you can do is the very best you can do. You're competing against your animal and the best you can do, but these guys really help each other out. And I, I, I think that's, that's neat to watch. Sid, they, they called you Sid rock. That's your book is they call me Sid rock. Am I right? That's correct. So as you, as you, you win the world and you step out of it, and this, this ties back to the rig and rally. What, what, what kept you involved in rodeo? What, what kept you, why are you doing this now? Well, 
you know, I got out of rodeo and when I retired, you know, I, I did a lot of the things and I didn't go to a lot of rodeos, but you know, it's funny how it crops back up when Rocker, you know, was 13 and he decided he wanted to start getting on some bucking horses. Um, I'd been out of the loop for a long time, but that, that shows what a family, the rodeo people are. I mean, they, they brought me right back in. It was just like, yeah, you're back. You know, well, all these guys help Rocker with whatever, whatever he needs. I mean, so it just, it, it's a family. And even though you might take a little vacation when you're, when you come back around, they welcome you right back in. And that's really what happened with me. Mason, you were part of that conversation that we had a couple of days ago, but Tilden, with that being said, do you think that rodeo will, will start to grow as a sport just because of all of the, I mean, people are not watching some of these other professional sports. Or do you think it stays where it's kind of at in its specialty niche of or the Western way of life? Um, you know, I, I hope that it grows a lot. You know, as a as a as a competitor that initially was a rodeo fan, I'm doing the same things you were just talking about. You know, I'm drawn to the you know the family, the 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 bond that is rodeo, and the and the people that are involved in it. And I think right now our our country needs that. And I I think I, I think the opportunity's there, and I, th- I think if people watch it, it's an exciting sport. And with these made for TV deals, standalone events like we're doing with the rigging rally should give the cowboy channel a chance to kind of showcase some of the guys showcase some of the horses and it's a special group of guys riding right now everybody everybody gets along great everybody respects each other we all have a good time and uh, there's a lot of a lot of interesting characters in the bear rack world and i uh, obviously the guy sitting next to you over here right yeah so i'm excited <laughs> for you know the cowboy channel to get a chance to showcase some of these guys and for people to get to know them because it's a i mean if you get to know some of these guys you, you can't help but be a fan of them that's it, for sure it was pretty interesting too because i had a good conversation with raquel from from the cowboy channel and and she said what are you doing in the middle of the rigging rally and i said that's a great question <laughs> i think we could all ask her <laughs> yeah, at some point exactly yeah. but at the same time it's it's something that from from learning more about kind of what you guys are doing the cowboy channel obviously understands hey this is there's something to this this is big obviously prca is wanting to you know, they're, they're taking notice of what you guys have created, but what do you think that, that, that people can do like you guys can do to bring more stardom to what you do? I look, I mean, you look at, you look at a NFL, you know, and this is apples to oranges, but you look at some of the, the popular players and you get on their social media and there's, you know, 250,000 followers of this or, you know, a million of that. And then you guys, you're just out. Well, one thing is you guys are on the road all the time. You're wore out and you're just trying to get mentally focused to get on the next horse. I understand that. But what can rodeo or what can people like us do to, to boost this sport? Well, I, I really think one of the major things is like Phil and said, once we start showcasing this stuff, getting to know these guys and to, and to know their personalities and what kind of characters they are. I think that's a lot of it, you know, is just getting to know the guys and, and, like you said, you can't get to know most of these guys and not start pulling for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I took a video of you leaving in uh, in Idaho the other night, and I got home back to the hotel room, and I was going through the videos, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I can't tell no I mean, it's just bad to the bone, man. I was like, <laughs> I was so, when he was sitting over there, when he finally got back over behind the shoots, my heart was just pounding. And he's like, how was it? And I was like, it was un." believable i've been to you know nhra races my brother raced for a while you know whatever and you go back there behind those i don't even know how many horsepower those cars are you know and it gives you the tingles on the back of your neck but when you guys are getting down over the top of the chute and you're sitting down on top of that horse like i mean i was just like comanche wild savage going crazy that was that was the coolest thing ever and i hope with all of this that people that are getting to see what y'all are doing are going to feel that energy. Yeah. You know, and start. Yeah. It's a, it's a wild, it's a wild sport. And like, you know, I, I wasn't a bareback rider and I didn't get to watch a lot of bareback riding because bareback riding starts the rodeo, the bulldog in second. So I didn't get to have a lot of time watching it, but you know, the last three years getting to watch it, I've become a real fan of it. And you know, you can't get to know Mason Clemens and Tilden Hoopers of the bareback riding world and not pull for them. And that's the neat thing. The more you know them, the more you're going to pull for them. I mean, I open the I open the results up every day and see which of my buddies have done good. And I'm, I almost get nervous, you know, like if I watch them on the Cowboy Channel because I know them. And the more you know them, the more you pull for them. The last three months, yeah, I've told I don't know how many people this, but if you open up my favorites on Google right now, Same it, way. it's it's the cotton futures, which suck. And then it's it's what's happening with. Bareback. Uh, bareback riding, you know, and I'm, I'm like, and everybody's like, why are you checking bareback riders? And I'm like, you don't understand. Like, go home, like get on YouTube 
and start checking this out. You know, I mean, it's just it's one of the most crazy things I've ever seen and rodeo in general. I mean, it's just something that's super powerful. And then you watch you watch the flag come into the arena. You watch everybody stand. They take their hat off. It's just one of those things where it's it's still American. I mean, it is without a doubt one of the coolest things ever. We're all different, right? You know, Sid growing up in rodeo, Till not growing up in rodeo, me not growing up in rodeo, and you being a fan. You know, I was telling you the just fangirl. That's me. People, that's all. You know, just getting to know us. We're all different in our own way, and everybody can relate to one rider or another because of the differences. You know, he didn't grow up in rodeo. He loved it. Just normal kid, small town. Me, growing up, normal kid in the city. That's what I did, and people relate to that. And yeah, and, and that's the thing fans. is, if if you want to be a rodeo cowboy, there's a way for you to do it. It's not like you don't have to grow up in rural America and grow up in a ranching family. Uh, Bobby Del Vecchio came out of the Bronx in New York. Uh, I mean, if you want to, to rodeo, somebody will help you along. There are schools to go to. Everybody will give you, you know, a hand. And so that that's the neat thing about rodeo is you don't have to come from one place or the other, you know, anybody can do this. Yeah. I mean, and it's, and you guys are human, which is cool. I mean, the, the, the thing that you're not sitting here talking to somebody that's like, get away from me, man. You know, this is, this is ridiculous. We're all just normal guys, normal, normal people. Well, you're not though. I mean, after you guys, after somebody gets to watch you get on a horse, and do what you guys do. You're not normal. But at the same time, I mean, it's Mason's it's, definitely not normal. Well, we knew that going into this thing, but you've always got <laughs> that one friend that. that you got to just keep rubbing on the back. <laughs> what, <You're right. laughs> so, so what are the ways can, can people help promote this stuff? I mean, what are, what are some of the things that, I mean, obviously the rigging rally is on a, on a heater. It's this thing's going to take hold. It's already taken hold. And now that you've coupled this thing with, with the Yellowstone, I, I, I was just goosing people along on my Instagram. Hey, where am I going? Hey, what's going on? What are, and once they found out that it was even within the same, you know, couple miles of where they're shooting this stuff, they're like, oh, real rodeo, Yellowstone, like everybody's freaking out about this stuff. So how do you continue to, to outdo the next one and how do you continue to bolster this thing? Is it bolstering rodeo or is it bolstering the rigging rally? I, I hope it's bolstering both. I uh, I mean, I, th- I think the more attention you bring to the sport as a whole, the better. Uh, I think the bareback riding is super exciting. And so I think to be able to showcase that event, it uh, it gives us a package that we can go in there and in two hours we can we can rock your socks off, you know, and we can we can get the music jamming. We can get the horses bucking, the guys riding good and uh, put on a really exciting show. And, you know, some of those people maybe leave there and become fans of rodeo. Some of those maybe just fans of bareback riding. But 90 percent of the time you got to go to a rodeo to watch the bear record and so i mean in my opinion we're kind of hitting a lot of the bases we're on your podcast that's going to expose us to millions of people yeah millions and then I mean, uh you know we're we're mega. on social media we're on the cowboy channel i mean go out buy a ticket come watch watch on tv share on instagram i mean just tell your friend tell your mom and them you heard about it if you like it, it you know i mean tell your mom and them hopefully we do a good enough job with with what we're doing that people really enjoy coming out and they tell all their friends and we get more people involved Dylan, what's life look like besides rodeo I, I don't know i've been getting asked that question a bunch lately just because of doing all this stuff and i uh it's hard to say uh, rodeo is kind of one of them deals when you're in the middle of it it's it's kind of all you got and i uh I, I've got my head down. I want to. I want to win a world championship before I walk away from this deal, and I, I think I'm capable of it. And I, uh, I feel, I feel great right now. I feel like I'm riding better than I've ever ridden. I, uh, I'm healthy, and uh, my family's in a great spot. And I, I'm just excited to be riding. But uh, as far as after rodeo, you always think about those things. And I saw a deal the other day on the internet. Uh, a quote from Keith Maddox, the guy that, that owned uh, American Hat, yep. and uh, or it was actually fr- from Tough Cooper, I guess, talking about Keith. And he said that Keith lived ever rodeo. Cowboys dream. He uh, was a competitor and then went on to find find work in the business and become successful and was able to give back to other rodeo cowboys through his successful business. And I mean, I think I think that's a lot of guys dreams as far as rodeo. And that lines up pretty close with what I'd like to do. So if if giving back looks like through this rigging rally and, and that keeps going and that that's what I'm interested in. But right now I'm mainly focused on strapping that buckle on tomorrow out in the middle arena in Derby. How's that make you feel over there, Mason? Good luck. <laughs> you might need it. Dylan's pretty damn good. That's why I say you might need it. <laughs> Sid, I mean, with, with, with all this going on, what's your what's home life look like right now? Man, it's great. I've been up in Montana all summer, uh, and I've got the whole family up here. My girls have been going to all the rodeos up here and running barrels, and 
Rocker and I have been doing a lot of fly fishing and, uh, you know, getting to go to Cody, Wyoming to the, to the night rodeo a few times and letting him get on some bareback horses and kind of keeping, keeping in shape. Uh, and then just putting this thing together, you know, uh, it was about a month ago that we finally just said, all right, we're in, we got to put it together. And so it, that's, it's fun putting these together. There's a lot of stress, a lot of moving parts, but I've, I've really enjoyed it. That's awesome. I mean, it's a testament to, I mean, to be able to see all of everything that's going on and what you guys are building right now. Sitting here, I mean, it is one of the most beautiful spots I think I've ever been to. How did you find us? Why Montana? Why here? Why the Bitterroot Valley? You know, uh, that and I talk when we were rodeoing, I, you know, we were so competitive that that we went to all these cool places and traveled so much, but I never really looked around. You know, I was just uh focused on winning and getting to the next rodeo and and i kind of had a regret and of that my dad kind of mentioned he did too and i don't know he and i were watching a river runs through it one time i don't know maybe eight or ten years ago and we're like man <laughs> we've got to you know wouldn't it be great to own something in montana one day and uh he ended up buying a place up here about four years ago and we just loved coming up here uh he called me about three years ago and said hey i went and went and saw a place and you and your brother are buying this one. So like he, 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 my dad pretty much found it and told me what we were doing, but, uh, no, we, we, we've loved it. And that that's really advice that I, I try to give a lot of young rodeo guys when they leave is, you know, I think everybody's like, I want you to tell them how to win or, or, you know, all these things, but I just tell them, Hey, make sure you take time to look around because it'll, it'll be gone one day and you'll wish, man, I wish I'd have, you know, looked out the window and, and seen the things that, that were happening. I mean, just the just the drive that I came on from Boise over here. I mean, it's this country that a lot of people won't ever have the life to be able to see. And, and Mason was like, "Yeah, he's like, if you take that whatever back highway, he's like, he's like, you're gonna see some country that's just unbelievable." And you guys are going through that all the time. I mean, you're the most time, you know, you're wore out, or it's three o'clock in the morning. We uh, we threw the cameraman Dave in the truck with Mason John? for the last three days. John Dave, Dave John. <laughs> Yeah. Uncle Dave. From the Branch Davidian compound. Uh, oh, I'm not supposed to say that on there. Sorry. That was in his past life. Uh, but it, at the same time, I mean, do you guys feel like you're getting to absorb some of that? Are you listening to what Sid's saying? Or is it just kind of a blur of, do the rodeos turn into a blur where you're just, I'm on this horse and then I'm off this horse and then it's. They take that, advantage of it, I think, for that, a minute. Yeah, that, it definitely gets to be a blur, no doubt. I uh, I, I was fortunate enough to get, get injured, you know, um, seven, eight years ago and almost, you know, be done with this. So that was kind of a wake up call in the last, you know, five or six years. I've, I've been really, really particular not to take advantage of my time here and look around. And so the, while me and Mason were traveling together, we've, I, we did, we made a lot of memories. We did a lot of, a lot of fun stuff. And, uh, I mean, we try to, we try to have as much fun as we can. And, uh, but yeah, don't share any of those. I just, <laughs> I just believe that. What, what do you think as far as, as, as far as the way the year shapes out and the uncertainty of knowing where the NFR is, um, how does that affect y'all's drive going into the end of the year? I don't think it affects us very much. I think, you know, everybody's like, oh, what are they, they going to have fans and it's not going to be in Vegas. Man, doesn't that suck? You know, it does, but. Those cardboard cutouts are day. pretty cool. I think they're going <laughs> to let us like $2 and you can be a cardboard cutout. Hopefully they still have those and it really won't be the same, but it, for me, I don't know. As long as there's a gold buckle, I think the majority of us would say it really doesn't matter where it is. We could have it out in the middle of the street, main street down here, and they'd just say whoever wins the most, accumulates the most points in 10 days out here in the street gets the gold buckle, and we'd be hell yeah. Yeah, I think Mason's right. I think um end of the day, you know, everybody wants to be a world champion, and if, as long as they're going to crown a world champion, everybody's going to show up and throw down. But but I ain't going to lie. I, I want there to be fans there, and I want it for to be for the same kind of money. I, I uh, it, it, The uncertainty, I, I understand what you're asking as far as the drive. Like, there has been points during the year this year where you're like, you know, what are we doing this for? You know, like right. what? I, I hope that you know the carrots at the end of the stick, same as before. You know, and uh, but it's it's shaping up to look like it's going to be. And I, I know the guys at the PRCA and and everybody there at Las Vegas events, they're fighting hard to get it done in the best way possible. And uh, I, I expect big things. I, th- I think it's going to be you know a, a blessing in disguise. I think we're going to end up having a great NFR this year, and I think there's going to be fans there, and I think the money's going to be big, and I think we're going to go in there and, and, and kill it. And I think it's going to be great. I think that's a big testament too to willpower. Not only just riding 
bucking horses like you guys do, but you guys have to have that optimism. You've got to have that that drive and understanding that, hey, all of this COVID, nobody's had to rodeo through something like this before. Yeah. You, you got to have a pretty unshakable mentality in rodeo in general. There's so many moving parts and so much of it, it's out of your control. Same as same as life. So, I mean, once you kind of get used to dealing with that, it's it makes it easier to deal with it in, in the real world, too. But, uh, you know, what, that's that's how I think rodeo is different than some of those other sports, too. We never got in this sport because we thought we were going to get rich. Um, we got into it because we loved it and everybody wants that buckle. So, I mean, like Mason and Summerstan, I mean, the bigger the prize money, that definitely adds a lot to it. And we love all that. But, I mean, we these guys do it because they love it, not because not because they're, they got a big contract. What is that feeling like winning that gold buckle? Well, I mean, it's just a hard feeling to even describe. I mean, it you know, you dream about it. And it really, when you get it, you feel like you're just like you're going to have to you're going to wake up. You know, I mean, I know everybody's had a dream where they where you got it. And I remember when you gave me mine, I just kept thinking, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> if I wake up and they're bullshitting me, like, I am going to be pissed. So, right. like, you know, it was just, it, it took like two or three days to like, hey, you know, I, I actually like, they're not going to wake me up for this one, you know? And, and, uh, it was just, uh, man, and, and really it's not just exciting for, for you. I mean, it's exciting because you feel like you did that for your family and for your friends and all the people that put in all the time and listen to you you know, complain when things weren't good. And I mean, it, it really, it takes a village and it's a team work. It's, it's, it's an it's individual a team, sport, man. but it's really your team behind you. Like, yeah, exactly. So when I, when I wanted, I wasn't really happy for It's like, you're not happy for you. You're just happy for everybody that was a part of it. And yeah, it's a, it's incredible, you know? And I mean, that that's the hard thing about all my friends. Like I want, I want Tillman to have a gold buckle. I want Mason to have one. I think, they're both super capable and I think they both deserve it. But, you know, that's like I've always said, man, you got to have some luck on your side. The stars got to line up. I mean, and, uh, you know, that, that you, you want all your friends to have that feeling because it really is special. And for you two listening to that, I mean, does it, does it light a little bit more every time you hear somebody that, you know, won that buckle? Is it one of those things where you're like, I got this. I know I can do this. I've got this. I've- uh, we, it's a, conversation we have quite a bit and it never changes the feeling yeah yeah i mean the hair standing up on the back of my neck right now i mean it's uh it's 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 a dream you know and it's a it's a it's awesome to get to do this sport in general and to have the have the ability to be able to insert yourself into a world championship race that i feel really blessed you know that god has allowed me to do this so i mean it's a uh, end of the day I, I'm, I'm just thankful to get to come out here and get to do what i love and ride bucking horses and i'm gonna give it everything i got and hopefully i walk away with the gold buckle when it's all said and done how many trips to the to the national final so far tilden six 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 lucky number seven yeah i think so yeah so so with those with those kind of i mean you've been there does it change year to year or do you feel like the more time, how many times have you been? I've been twice. You've been twice. So with the, the amount of times that you guys have gone, does it, do you feel like there's things that you've had to do to change? The way I rodeo now is definitely different than when I started and different than the first time I made Vegas. I think same thing for Tilden. It's different. Than, Tilden, you uh, sitting two, right? Where, where are you at? I, I think I'm fifth or fourth or something like that. I've been kind of bouncing around fourth and fifth for the last couple of weeks. And, and as you get on these horses and you, you said you're feeling good, you're, you're riding good, those kind of things as you're, as you're going forward towards whenever and however Vegas comes about, do you, do you hold some kind of, I mean, how does your mental game work holding yourself together going all the way into that and saying, yeah, I mean, I'm just, it's one of those deals where I'm getting stronger every single day going that way. I, I, I try to spend all year preparing for the national final rodeo. I mean, that's where it goes down at. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to strap on one of those gold buckles, you're going to walk through 10 rounds of, of the best guys in the world and the rankest horses in the world to do it. So I try to take every opportunity I get on a horse to, to prepare myself for Las Vegas. And I prepare a lot differently now than I did, you know, six years ago or 10 years ago, whenever I, whenever I started going. And uh, I, you know, I learned something new every year I've, I've been out there. I've, I've not come out on top yet, so I, I haven't perfected it, but uh, I definitely feel more at home out there every year that I go and um, I mean I'm excited to go back again this year that that's where it's all that I mean that's it that national finals rodeo and 10 rounds you're gonna have to get on every kind of horse I mean 
a guy a guy can't just be good at riding one certain type of horse and go out there and come out on top. And I think that's one thing that's really special about it is you're going to have to ride two nice ones, two two better ones than that, you know, two kind of hard ones, two really hard ones, and then two TV pinners. You know, you're going to get a chance. Every night you're getting on an NFR horse, you know, so right. it's, uh, it's really something. You can't you can't sit there and complain too much about the horse you drew then. It's they're all finals. I mean, I'm sure you can, but really, you can. I do. A lot of people do. <laughs> we as we as bareback riders and the top 15 contestants that make Vegas, we take what the a month and a half to decide what horses we want there. So we pen them up one through five, and we watch these horses buck all year long and. We get on a conference call, all 15 of us, and we decide what horses we want to fit each pen. So you know, and that, that's really another neat thing about this rigging rally is it's, there's a lot of implications for the Cowboys, but that is another thing we're trying to kind of bring into this. I mean, we've got nothing but great horses coming here, and we've also got some horses coming here that are kind of auditioning for that vote to the national finals. So um, it's pretty neat for some of these guys. They don't have a lot of big rodeos, but we hear they have a great horse, and – this is pretty much an audition. If, if this horse has its trip and it does its job, it's going to get voted in to be able to, to, you know, go to the big show. Yeah, I had no idea that that's how the process worked for for bringing the horses in for the finals. Do you have any horses here? I don't. This is a PRCA sanctioned event, so I'm not a I'm not a stock contractor, so I can't buck my horses at a PRCA rodeo. But um, yeah, but the, the contractor to bring horses here was Sparky Dreesen and Wade Sankey and uh, all these guys, John Smith and uh, Steve Wagen, Brookman. I mean, the, these are great, great bucking horses with some that, like I said, are, are kind of having a tryout to are they really that great? And I think we're going to see some of them are. Yeah, that's that. So, so tell me about those horses at your place. What's your is that just for guys to get on and. That's kind of the way this still started was just some practice horses for rocker. And then, you know, if you want to have, you know, great bareback riders come over that you need to have around to help your son out, you better have some pretty good ones for them to get on too. So we, uh, we started, uh, you know, I kind of started baiting Tilden over like, Hey man, I got a pretty good one. If you want to tune up for the finals. And, you know, to me, it was just neat for rocker to be able to get on with him and get warmed up and just watch how he handles himself and, and Mason too. And Casey field and, and a lot of these guys that come over. So, I kind of started getting some better horses for them to be able to get on. And then, like you said, you fall in love with the bucking horses and it's an, it's an addiction. And I just start adding some to them and kind of losing off the lesser end. And now really what I want to do is just, you know, get a really good set of horses that, you know, maybe down the road I can buck at the Reagan rallies and for these guys to come get tuned up for the national finals. And uh, throughout the year, if they feel like they're a little bit off and need to, you know, shake off the cobwebs, they can come get on a nice horse. If somebody's listened to this, that, that, wants to get involved that might not be, you know, you don't have to have a feed company. You don't have to have a hat company. You don't have to, if you want to support the rig and rally, how does somebody, how does somebody get in touch with that? What's the best way to do that right now? Is it best? Well, Tilden Hooper's number is, hold on, let me get his yeah, number. Yeah, my Venmo is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I, you know, as far as right now, I would say the best way to support the rig and rally is if you like it, tell people about it, share it on social media, come out. If we have an event near you, come out and watch it and uh, just support, support your local Cowboys, support a sport that, uh, that, that, that is really the American dream. You know what I mean? And, and real live, I mean, Cowboys are it, you know, they settled the West. It's, it's a, it's a real cool deal. And a lot of these guys, most of these guys still have that same spirit and integrity and it's a cool sport. So if, if you like it, get behind it. And if we come to a town near you, buy a t-shirt, buy a cap. Well, and then, you know, talking too about earlier about how some of these sports are, are so different. Uh, you know, a lot of these sports aren't even standing for the national anthem and I can't hear the national anthem now. And I, I start stretching and my heart starts beating fast. So, you know, that's, that's the neat thing. Like if you ever hear the national anthem going and you're around a guy that rodeo for a while or still rodeos, if you, if you watch them, they'll start kind of moving side to side and kind of like, you know, it's fixing to get real. So um, I'm jumping around, I'm getting excited. Yeah. Ex- excluding the finals. What rodeo have you been to that this was just, you had that moment when the national anthem was playing and you were just like, Whoa. Oh, Sis? a lot. <laughs> It'd be hard to pick just one, I would say. But man, there are some cool ones. You yeah, I tell you what, Cheyenne. When they start playing it, then you definitely get pretty nervous because in, in my event, it was it was the only time that I felt like the bear that the, the steer wrestling might have been more dangerous than the bear. Well, there, Pendleton too. You know, I would say Pendleton for me and, really and Cheyenne. Out. 
Pendleton and those, freaks it out. It's grass. Stands are filled. People are, you can hear everybody hooting and hollering. There's yeah. so many great rodeos, and they're all Jeez. different. They all have a different feel. Salinas, you know, I mean, anytime you get to those big rodeos, and it's just got a different smell in the air, and when they start playing the national anthem, it's just like adrenaline goes, you know, through the roof, especially if you're in the bulldogging or the, or the bareback Bear, ride or the bulldogging. Yeah. It's like those are the lead to events, and, like, it, it's time. You know, and it's funny when you hear the – National anthem start. Even the horses, they're kicking. The you know, shoes. you can you can hear the bareback horses. They'll start kicking the shoes, Shoot. and it's like you know they know. And and don't think these great bareback horses don't love their job, right? So they know, like they know, national anthem's playing. It's time we're fixing to go. And I think that's the thing that drew me to it. So like when I was talking about geeking out the other night when we were in in uh, where Filer. Filer, yeah. I mean, it was just there's so many components that go together in such a short period of time. To make eight, eight seconds what it is. And then those horses coming back out and going to their pen. It was like they were like, yep, I did my job. I feel good. I mean. You can see the pride. Yeah. The, I mean, that horse carries a personality to it. I mean, when they're bucking, you can see it. And then when they're running out of the arena, it's like, oh. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was talking to Sparky Dreesen today. Um, he's got some of the best bucking horses in the business. And we were just kind of talking bucking horse and I was picking his brain because I was kind of just, you know, trying to figure things out. And I always like to hear what guys that know as much as him have to say. And we were actually talking about the national finals. And he told me something I didn't know that that's when you take horses, to the national finals, you don't get to feed them. They have people there that feed the stock and they feed them a certain feed. Like, and it, and it's just, and Sparky is like, I, I have to be there, even though I know they're getting fed, he shows up at seven in the morning and watches his horses get fed. That's how much he loves them. You think, oh, I have a week off or 10 days off. I can sleep in. The horses are being fed. He's like, no, we all go and watch. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's such a, the, the, the showcase is so much of the rider, which it should be. I mean, but at the same time, when you see the performance of what those animals do and they well, don't get well, f- 50% of the score is the, is the horse. I mean, there's nothing we can do without them, you know, doing their job. And I think the bucking horses are, are I mean, only better job than being a bareback rider would be being a bareback horse. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I think that's something else we have an opportunity to do here with the Reagan Rally is showcase these horses and the guys that, that raise them and care so much about them. And and because that's a that's a story right there. Like we don't get to do our job unless it's for guys like like Sparky Dreesen and Sid going out and getting horses. And these guys, I mean, it's a lot of time into a bucking horse for you ever know if they're, they're going to buck or not. You know, I mean, that three, four years before you know what you got, you know, and these guys put a lot of effort, effort into it. And it's it's exciting to get, you know, like we keep talking about some of the horses trying out. I'm, I'm excited. There's a horse in there tomorrow called Walking Boss of uh, John Smith. I, I, I was able to win the rodeo in Malala, Oregon on him two years ago and then never saw him again. John just doesn't have a lot of big rodeos and doesn't have a, a big opportunity to show that horse off a lot. And uh, tomorrow in the second section, Clayton Bigelow's got that horse. And uh, I mean, it'd be hard to draw a lot better than Clayton Bigelow. It's kind of a smaller horse. And I'm, I'm I'm glad I'm not in that set and riding against Bigelow. It's gonna be it's gonna be dang sure good watching. Yeah. So how does that format work tomorrow? Well, it's a it's a neat format, and really, you know, Tillman had a lot to do with it, and all the guys had a lot to do with it. We we really want to make it as as fair as possible. So we really we put the horses in sections of eight, and then uh, really the top three out of each section of eight comes out. So there's three sections of eight. Three out of each eight come out um, to the short run. So you got nine in the short round. Well, and then the then we'll have the one high mark ride that doesn't make it out of that section. We'll go in, so we we'll have ten. Okay, you boys ready? Uh, I'm ready. Uh, hey, let me tell you something. One thing about bareback riders, they stay pretty ready. I can tell you right now. Like you don't, they stay ready, so they don't have to get ready. That's a fact. <laughs> we were in Twin Falls, and I was going to sneak up on Mason. I was going to sneak up and jab him. It was six forty-five in the morning. Yeah, he was, he was cock lock ready to rock. I was like, damn, like I can't, I can't even get around this guy. <laughs> no, they stay on point for sure. Guys, anything you want to add? Man, I just uh, appreciate you guys coming down and being a part of what we got and, and helping us promote, promote our event. Uh, this is exciting, and I'm ready to go out there and ride tomorrow. I'm sure Mason is, too. Booyah. Yeah, I mean, for, for a farmer to be able to have the opportunity to come up and do this, we appreciate the opportunity, Sid. Thank you for opening Thank up the place to us. Thank you all very much. Um, and what we expect that you all will make the trek out to the middle of nowhere sometime. So, And, and honestly, <laughs> I, I, I hear it, the rigging rally in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you never know. You never know. Hell of a deal. Just bring enough money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Horses and money. Okay, I'm asking you two two questions to close us out, excluding uh, someone of faith. So 
whoever your whoever your religious preference is, and a family member, who is your biggest hero? Told um, excluding a family member. Yep, I would say my biggest hero. Then that makes it pretty easy. If it's not a family member, it'd be uh, Louis Field, uh, Casey Field's dad. I I got to know him for a short period of time, and I I've also got to see the legacy he's left behind him since he's passed on, and and just the lives that he's affected, and the people that come up to Casey and tell him what a great guy's dad was, and you know just to see a guy like that that was such a fierce competitor in the arena and such a humble champion out of the arena, I, I uh, it, it changed what I thought about what a world champion should be and and uh, affected my life in a positive way and he, he's definitely one of my heroes that's awesome Sid? you know honestly i, I guess it would that's it, really tough because I, I i really truly don't know who it would be if it if it wouldn't be some in my family i mean it it's such a distant second uh you know i mean my dad has, has always been what i wanted to to emulate and be like so i mean i don't even know uh you know, I mean, I wouldn't even know where to start. I mean, I guess, you know, as far as in the steer wrestling world, you know, you know, John W. Jones is, Jr. is the guy that I looked up to uh, because he was kind of a smaller guy that, that you know, won three world championships. And, um, and then later he was right before me. I didn't get to know him that well, but I've gotten to know him really well um, since. And he's a class act and, a, and an incredible world champion, very humble, very kind person. Um, so I think, you know, I think a lot of him because a lot of times when people win three gold buckles, they get, you know, a little bit of an ego about them and they don't have time for people. And he's exactly the opposite of that. And I think um, having humble world champions is a, is a, is a great thing for our sport. So yeah, I would think probably him. Last question. Biggest fear. Not living up to your full potential. Boom. Yeah. How about Touché. you? Do what? Same thing. Man, I would say so. Just uh, not being able to go out and live up to what God put me here to do. Yeah. Mason, we've already heard what you had to say. I'm, We're tired of you, Mason. We don't want to hear any more from you. I said uh, snakes I because, push. I mean, he didn't I, like I got role models like this and so many people I look up to. Right. It's easy to say snakes because <laughs> I just know, Especially that, on an I know airplane. that I know that I can do what these guys, you know, what I look up to. And I'm capable of doing that. I'm not, I don't have that thought of not living up to my full potential. You got to do it. Scare snakes. Yep. Just I hate snakes. snakes. There's no snakes in Montana. Right? Nope. Hell yeah. Turns snakes in it. That's why I got rid you don't of all have to the be snakes scared here, Mason. <laughs> I went to Dell City. They got snakes from me to you that are about this big. Well, that's enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> not You're anywhere close to our arena. Too. It's good. Don't worry about that. Don't let that phase you, Tilden. All right. Well, from all of us out here in the middle, from out here in the middle, this is probably one of the most unbelievable opportunities. I want to say, Sid, to you, your family, Tilden, for you to get all us together. Mason, for letting us hang out with you guys. We appreciate it. Um, God bless and kick ass tomorrow. You bet. Thanks for having us. Thank you for everything.